0: Hello and Welcome to the Irish NFL show. My name is Shane Brennan. And thank you very much for joining me and I'm glad to bring on a friend that I've made doing this stuff. I've actually made a friend doing these podcasts. As I ran into it. Skype Hank from the Franchise Type podcast. Thanks very much for, for joining me. I, we ran into you in Frankfurt. I was We were lucky to be leaving the Bill Belichick press conference. Yeah. and got, got, got chatting in the, the train on the way back and thankfully we're still in contact with the NFL and I thought this would be the perfect time now that we're heading into the playoffs to, to catch up and get your thoughts on the season. How are you feeling now? Of the, um, you know, the, the regular season is over. We have to now find ourselves some form of way of getting over the withdrawal symptoms of not having red zone. But the Super Bowl, There's 14 teams left. One of them's going to win the Super Bowl. I'm sure. You know, it's it's both sad for a lot of teams, especially because we're both Patriots fans, and our season's over. But exciting as well yeah. because the playoffs are here.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on, Shane. Great to see. you. Like I said, what, what I was intending to try not to laugh when you were saying things because you know you're funny. But you said made a friend, and you've already got me laughing. so nice and relaxed but unfortunately Patriots haven't made me feel relaxed at all this season um it's been painful so I'm actually really excited for the playoffs you know like when you when your team's poor you're almost like well I get to watch the best of the best now um so yeah I think it's going to be I feel like I've said this a lot in the last couple of years but this feels like it could be one of the most exciting playoffs because even though you've got the Niners and the Ravens as front runners I thought there's a lot of strong teams and a lot of potential upsets with the Wild card weekend and good storylines. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, as we look across the the seven teams who have made each side of the draw, or as we're looking at the games, just for, for those who are listening who may not uh, know the schedule, on Saturday we have the Browns at the Texans and then the Dolphins at the Chiefs on Saturday night. Then we have the Steelers play in Buffalo, the Green Bay Packers play at the Dallas Cowboys, the LA Rams play at the Lions, and on a Monday Night Football, the Eagles play at the Buccaneers. All those games look pretty good. I don't really see any um, any matchup there that is particularly one sided. But I guess before we sort of get into some of those games, now that we're finishing the season. Is there a team that you think that, that probably did better than you expected? When we're looking at the the playoff lineup styles, is there somebody who's in there that you didn't think maybe before the season started or even midway through the season that you didn't think they had a chance and surprised you to manage to to get into the playoffs?
1: Yeah, instead of, I mean, as much as I want to shout about, you know, on on our podcast talking about, I said Tampa would be decent in the off-season. I think Baker Mayfield's done well, but a lot of people wrote them off. So I think for them to win that divisional title um, is is a big credit to to the organisation, the coaching staff, the Texans as well. I mean, D'Amico Ryan's for me, is coach of the year. Um, But as much as I probably had them at maybe like seven wins, I don't think anyone expected them to, um, well... A the Jags to collapse, but B for the Texans to go on and win that division. So really impressed with them too, and also the Steelers. But that's more just because for some reason I just don't like Pittsburgh. I mean, Mike Tomlin is a, a very good head coach, um, but I was quite surprised that they somehow managed to to get in the playoffs. But I'm sure Buffalo's going to put a stomp on them anyway. So <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, it's like watching Pittsburgh football. I, I've, I always feeling like it's like watching Sean, like Burnley. You know, like that kind of way. It's just. You 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 know you're you're not going to be excited, but they might be able to find some way to to grind it out. And you know, fair play to them as as much as I think a lot of people like hitting on the Steelers for even a lot. The Steelers fans in particular like hitting on them, saying you know this is the one of the worst playoff teams and all this, mm. this kind of stuff. And midway through the season, everyone's kind of called about for being sort being frauds because of the difference between yards and points uh, and you know their their win record. You can't argue with ten and seven. They're in there. They're sitting in that in that seven seed, and they're going to go into uh, into Buffalo being somebody who is going to be tricky. Now I know there's a lot of question marks around TJ Watt, but we, I guess we can get into this. You know, do do the Steelers have a chance of really causing an upset here? Because as good as the Bills have been, and we saw that against the Dolphins as we're talking last night, yeah, and they've had a, a fantastic uh, back end of the season. There's one of, one of the few, I think both of these teams uh, of course both fired their offensive coordinators around the same time. One had immediate positive results uh, after the Bills uh, fired theirs and then when the Steelers fired Matt Cannon it kind of got worse and then it got a little bit better uh, once Rudolph started uh, leading the charge around Christmas time. So is is there a world where the Steelers can manage to find, can manage to find some way to grind out a win in, in Buffalo? Because as much as Buffalo have built momentum, they're at home now. The pressure is going to start coming onto them to do something in the playoffs. They generally don't wilt in the wildcard round. But you know, that doesn't mean that Pittsburgh are playing with nothing to lose here. Uh, Buffalo are playing with a lot to lose. Yeah, I feel like with Pittsburgh, I guess if you
1: were watching last night with um, A-chan, uh they'd look if they can get Najee Harrison. Uh, involved in the run game I feel like Buffalo as much as they're getting takeaways they're still kind of missing Matt Milano on that defense um at least against the good teams but um like you said as well I'm, I'm really surprised that Mason Rudolph has come in and they've done well Um I mean in terms of predicting the game I still would like most people would go with Buffalo because you know this five game win streak that they're on beating the Cowboys Chiefs and um I mean, they beat us as well, didn't they? It's not much to shout about, but they've beat some good teams. Um, I think they're seven and two at home. Um, So, you know, they're they're really strong. But yeah, I guess any success that Pittsburgh will have on Sunday for me will come through the run game. If Buffalo stops that, then I expect them to be able to force some turnovers and win convincingly. But, you know, I think any, as, as much as the Steelers historically, I always sort of bash them because they never turn up against the Patriots in the postseason. Mike Tomlin is still a good head coach. I think he can, he can game plan pretty well for most teams. So it would be interesting to see what he comes up with.
0: Yeah, I think the turnover battle is going to be interesting because, of course, we saw Josh Allen throw two interceptions last night. I know one of them was in the end zone. Whereas Rudolph hasn't thrown any interception in the past three games and the Steelers have won each of those three games. Whereas beforehand, the Steelers were giving away the ball too easily and they had a, a three-game losing streak against the Cardinals and the Patriots and somebody else mixing there as well. So I think that that's going to be an interesting battle. I don't, I don't think this is going to be a game that's... Uh, this has the game that has potential to be uh quite tight, but you know when we're looking at the Bills in general now, you know we talk a lot about Super Bowl windows. Mm-hmm. You know, whether the I think there's some talk around the the for the last few years it's been the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Bills being the kings of the AFC. The Bengals had their chance in a Super Bowl they didn't manage to get it done. The Chiefs have won two. The Bills haven't been to one yet. They keep managing the. Slip some usually in the AFC Championship game or the week beforehand. Is this a year where, where they can really push to be the AFC's representative in the Super Bowl? Because if I think if, if there's anybody that's going to go in to Baltimore and ruffle up the, the Ravens feathers, feathers, feathers. I got them. <laughs> it's speaking like it's wabbit season now. <laughs> does anybody going to go in and and uh, and annoy uh, Baltimore? I think Buffalo can be the team that can do it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I. Uh pretty much I think well at the start of the season was saying Ravens be Bills um maybe more out of hating on the Chiefs. <laughs> but I think now it might come to fruition, which is uh, which is nice. I think for Buffalo, you spoke about Windows there, which is perfect because people were quick to, you know, start almost writing the Bills off when they were at five hundred, um at that midpoint of the season. But I think it's almost helped them that the narrative wasn't even in the off season about, oh, you know, um the Bills are gonna go to the Super Bowl. There was a lot of stuff about is Stephon Diggs happy. Um, There's been question marks over Sean McDermott and and his future. And I think they've sort of bought into that adversity well. I think every team that goes on to to win a Super Bowl has to overcome their own adversity. Um, and I think the Bills have done that well in this five game win streak. They're probably right now they've you know hit good form at the right time. In years gone by, they've almost blown teams out too much early on. And then by the time the postseasons come round, they've got caught off guard, like when, you know, they got eliminated by the Bengals or um, when they lost to the Chiefs in overtime. But I think things have really seemed to pick, uh, pick up at the right time. And even adding someone like Leonard Fournette, you know, playoff Lenny, you got him to compliment James Cook. Um, yeah, it's weird to talk so so fondly of a divisional rival, um, but I really like where the Bills are at. And yeah, I really think that they're, they're one of the teams that, I would say could go all the way and they're probably top three to five right now on, on current form.
0: Yeah, well, you were mentioning the Chiefs earlier and I think it's probably a good time to focus in a little bit on them because it's just the whole season seems to be lurching from talking point to talking point. is in, like, you know, when a team is good, generally, a Man City in the Premier League or whatever, it's, it's just kind of plod along from win to win. There isn't anything major. The Chiefs have had, you know, opening day loss, have had offsides, have had, Patrick Mahomes throwing a hissy fit on more than one occasion. They've had sideline troubles. They've had the whole Taylor Swift thing. It's just been a, a very... You know, for reigning Super Bowl champions who are led by, you know, the face of the league and led by the best coach in the league, which I think Andy Reid is certainly at the moment, and who have led the offensive standard and have led the the revolution in the league into being an off, a mini offensive league where offensive head coaches get the best results. Yeah, you know, this is a... It's, it's been quite a haphazard season, but yet they're, they're still in, they're playing, they won their division, they've home field advantage against the 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 Miami Dolphins, which is got to count for a lot, because Miami don't, aren't a team that like playing away from home too much. But I don't yeah. see, it like, like sure. I, I, it's, it, no, it's just like, with the Chiefs, you never know, like, we, we've come into the playoffs now, and you can easily write them off, and then they come out, and they can remind everybody, we still have, the you know, the best quarterback in the league, and we still have Travis Kelsey and the the wide receivers could decide to wake up and put some put some Pritt stick on their glues or on their gloves and start catching some passes every now and again. You know, it's just and the defense has been particularly strong. We must you must credit that to the Chiefs. Like, where do you, do you see them going anywhere? Is, is is there a potential banana skin now for Miami coming in here, or are or, or is there can we expect a turnaround from the Chiefs now that we're in
1: the playoffs? Yeah, it's so tough with the Chiefs. I mean, you know that stat about that Mahomes never played a road playoff game is is pretty crazy. And I mean, again, as a Patriots fan, I kind of want them to be one and done and lose. Um, well, obviously, this one at home benefits them, so maybe I kind of want them to win this one and then lose the road one because we'll be like, oh, you know, Chiefs going to do it at home. Um, but I think Tyree Kill is going to be super motivated um, in in this one to to turn up and. Um, Are they hoping to have Waddle back? I think, I think obviously, you know, I think the Dolphins will be hoping to add him a a receiver for next week. Um, And, I mean, it's almost like Andy Reid is going to go against what was the original blueprint for the Chiefs at speed, right, with Tyreek Hill and um, Miko Hardman. I know he's back there now, but, you know, a couple of years ago he was making plays. This whole Dolphins offense is built on speed with Mostert, A-Chan and Hill and... um, yeah, I mean you were said about the Bill Steelers one being close and I was pretty much saying Buffalo. This is one where I probably will only make my mind up ten minutes before kickoff. I don't know. Um it's a pretty blank space in my head right now. Um and I'm sure there'll be some bad blood as well between Tyreek Hill and the Chiefs, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, I, I I don't know. I, did you see the the video was it the Tyreek's Hill house went on fire at some point during the week? Or... Yeah, it was all no, about like, the game, I, yeah. Like I don't know, that that kinda of knocked him off in particular and probably had uh, repercussions uh, among the other people in, in the Dolphins in the Dolphins building ahead of their game against Buffalo and Buffalo are a team that has Miami's number I actually think it's a good thing for Miami that, that they lost uh, against the Bills and Southern like Football because it means they get the chance to go into to, to Arrowhead we have to remember like four of the, of the Chiefs' six losses this year are in Arrowhead Stadium they get the chance to go into Arrowhead it's a team they've already played in Germany they didn't turn up in the first half there and there's people questioning their, their process because the Chiefs uh, uh, they arrived the Friday before the game whereas the Bills were there all week you know, or sorry not the Bills the Dolphins were there all week and I think there's a lot of, I actually think that this the, the Dolphins have a chance to play with a bit more freedom here and that makes them more dangerous That so I, it, do I think they'll beat the Chiefs? It'll be very close, that Chiefs defense is very good, at its home at its the playoffs and back from home is going to stop whinging and start kicking into uh <laughs> here and, and getting the, the, the team playing good music at some point. But I think the Dolphins have a good chance here and I'm watching you know, I've been watching some of the the stuff on uh, hard knocks and the Dolphins are the kind of team like I really uh, you you were talking about earlier about not liking uh divisional rivals. And as much as the Dolphins have have our know, division arrival and how there's there's history and all the things, I, I find it difficult not to like this team. I like Mike Mike McDaniel. I like Tua I like a lot of the players. I appreciate their dedication to the speed, like you were mentioning there earlier, how their uh, attacking play is built. The problem is, though, is just I, I, defensively, I don't, I don't see them having enough grit to properly close out games. They might be able to outscore somebody. This is really going to be about being able to have a shootout and being able to, have a, able to have a really good plan in the first half of the game. Because, am I am right in saying you were at the Chiefs-Dolphins game in Germany? I mean, if they, if they come out in the first half like they did there, and I understand, obviously, it's a very different prospect playing in Frankfurt than it is playing in Arrowhead. But if the Dolphins come out playing as like they did there, they're going to get they're they're got to get whacked. So I think I think if, if they come up with a good plan, they have a really good chance of winning. And I think they will because I like Mike Mike, Mike to be the man to to do it. Uh, and I think that playing in Arrowhead is going to give them probably a better chance than playing at home against the Bills, which they would have done had they beaten the Bills on Sunday night.
1: Yeah, I really don't like them but I was being complimentary before. <laughs> um, but no, I agree with you. I think the, inj- I can't think of who else is injured on their defense, but obviously Bradley Chubb is out um, for the year. And there's a couple of others. Someone else went down um, last night. And I think that could be the big difference in these playoff games. I know it's an American cliche and it's cheesy to say defense wins championships because there's 53 players on an NFL roster and they're all going to make an impact, whether it's, offense defense or special teams but i think you see the big defensive plays or players turn up when the lights are brightest and you notice it more in the playoffs and the fact that they're missing some playmakers that could probably hurt whereas the chiefs have almost bought into well yeah our offense is stuttering but our defense can bail us out of games um so yeah that could probably be the big difference because as much as two has probably silenced out was including myself this season he's still prone to the odd mistake. If you can get him to hold the ball for longer than two and a half, three seconds, I think he makes more mistakes um, when it's not about timing routes and he's sort of forced to to think on his feet. So yeah, that could be a difference.
0: we well, finishing the AFC side of things. Actually, going to notice now when I look at the schedule, they're doing the three AFC games first. Then the NFC yeah, and he's back to back. He is, yes, that's happened. It, yeah. As I've I've never that's the thing. I, I thought they usually mix it up. I imagine that that's probably gives some sort of parity because imagine if you're playing Saturday night, playing Monday night, mm. you get you know, it's, it's very different because the, the NFC have a Monday night game and, you know, at least if it's Monday to Sunday, it's not that big of a difference. But when we talk about the Texans and, and the Browns, here are two teams that I didn't think would uh, would be in a position they are in now. First, because I didn't think the Jags would mess up the AFC South in the way they did. I was talking about this with with Kieran Boyle last night in our Instant Reaction podcast, how the Jags managed to completely collapse. Five, losing five of their last six games. I mean, they, they went into... I remember a couple of weeks, not long after we were in, uh, in Frankfurt, they went into, was it Thanksgiving weekend or somewhere around time? They went into, Jacksonville went into Houston. It was, this is a huge game. Winner takes all. Whoever wins it is more than likely going to be the winner of the AFC South. And and in that period, they lost CJ Stroud for a couple of games and they still ended up coming back to win the division. Jacksonville had Trevor Lawrence out for half a game, running back way too early and haven't seemed to to find the rhythm, and now we're sitting here where the Texans are are hosting a game. And I think, I I I, I don't know about you. I'm definitely on the, the CJ Straight high train. I think he's brilliant yeah, watching him. I love the 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 way he approaches the game. And I think the Houston Texans are a team that neutrals or people who are or fa- not fans of AFC South teams can kind of get behind. You, how can you not like a, a team like a city that had a, a team stolen from them? I'm sure that's the way the Houston <laughs> look at it. If there's any Tennessee Titans fans, don't don't kill me just yet. And, um, and, you know, D'Amico Ryan, like you said, I think is someone who is in the running for coach of the year, definitely could be up there. CJ said we were talking about as being MVP, not just rookie, offensive rookie of the year, possible MVP at some point during the season. Now, it won't be him. It'll more than likely be Lamar Jackson. It's so like this, is, before before we get on to the Joe Flacco show, in, in terms of the, what, what impressed you particularly about the Texans throughout the year, we can talk all about. CJ Stroud and how they managed to bounce back from the loss of Tank Dell, but I I just think that their approach because that game in in Indianapolis against obviously rivals that they know, eh, Winner makes the playoffs. So like they've already played a playoff game, really. So that's a mentality which which they're, they're going into this week, which the Browns don't have because they managed to seal their fate a little bit earlier. But I think that offensively the Texans have been really impressive. It's on the defense that I'm worried that they not, might not be able to find a way to shut down Joe Flacos on the wings like they couldn't do a couple of weeks ago when these two teams already played. Yeah, the
1: Texans, like you said, they have been really impressive. Collins, was the stat come up that he had a 1,000-yard season. I think the only other people who have done that for the Texans are Brandon Cooks, Andre Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins. Um, Obviously, three great receivers. Um, All people in the last 10, 15 years where everyone wants them on their fantasy team. They've always been linked to trade rumors because they've always been, you know, um, big dogs and I think Bra- Brandon Cook's going to the Cowboys people looked at that receiving call and were like well who's CJ Stroud going to even throw it to so really impressed that he stepped up even Devils Singletary I mean he's someone I always didn't like on the Bills maybe because Josh Allen nicked all the rushing touchdowns <laughs> and uh, again <laughs> fantasy football related but you know he's he's done well um, and Will, Will Anderson I mean everyone obviously talks about the pressure of CJ Stroud being the franchise quarterback taking your team to the playoffs Um for Will Anderson to be drafted that high and make the impact he has as well, um, yeah, I think speaks volumes to his attitude and just the, the culture that Ryan's has built there. And it, it helps that he played for Houston, right? Um, I know people are always on this hype train now of getting an offensive mind in, but considering that he knows the team, um, he was obviously a, a big part of that 49ers defense in the last couple of years being so big. Um, I think he's come in and they've all bought into his his mantra. So... Um, yeah, those have been the highlights for me with Houston.
0: We move on to Cleveland now, and Brian and our show has always been a big fan, been beating the drum up to Cleveland Browns defense. And in fairness, they're the ones that have managed to keep the show together because on offense, things of you know, it's very rarely that they've managed to build up any sort of consistency. But they unearthed Joe Flacco from wherever it was he was hiding, and they've really found a way to juice every inch or every last drop of talent he has left. And we go back to the, to the game that the Texans played against the Browns uh, earlier in the season. Now this is on Christmas Eve. In fairness, uh, CJ Stroud wasn't playing. The Texans were missing a couple of players that they're that they're not going to be missing this coming weekend. Flacco threw 42 passes, made three touchdowns, two interceptions, 368 yards. Talk about roller coaster. That is an absolute, you know, entertainment machine. And 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 it's not only that he's going for these long plays. You see, like they're, they're always going down the wings. It's like it's like you have. You know Mo Salah and Sadio Mane. You're always he's always trying trying to find them. He, that, that's the way he he approached it. There's none of this. I, I watched the went to the thing to watch the Steelers playing as the Bills uh, earlier in the season, and it was a typical AFC North kind of sludge match. It was they're running. It was tough. They weren't going for big plays. I, I can't remember who was quarterback for the brands then, but it wasn't it wasn't Flacco. And you know, the Steelers were uh, were were even worse. They you know they weren't playing in any way what people would consider attractive football, which isn't always. You know some people when people try attractive football it doesn't always work. Now that the, the Browns have Flacco, that's completely changed their offensive outlook. Their defense can handle anything that's thrown at it. Sometimes they lose, sometimes they win. They managed to get a win in in Baltimore uh, at some point during the season. I think they they came back. So they have the grit. This is going to be this is a team that nobody wants to face, and that is exactly what the Cleveland Browns want to do. And it's also. Worth mentioning the three Lake Erie teams being the Detroit Lions, the Cleveland Browns, and the Buffalo Bills have all made the playoffs for the first time ever. So that's a nice little, uh. Uh, that, that's a nice little, little little stat. Because I mean, let, let's face it: when we were starting to watch the game, let's—did we ever think the be a year that the Lions and Browns could face off in the Super Bowl? You know what I mean? <laughs> it like, doesn't like the and, and and look at the Browns now. Like nobody wants to face this team. I think I think Baltimore in particular probably have a reason to be afraid because of the familiarity, but know, yeah, they're going into the Houston confident they have a, a good quarterback, good defense. Things are looking up for Cleveland, and because I've said that, they're probably gonna lose. <laughs> it's um I've got a friend of mine who's just got into the NFL
1: this season, um, Irish mate of mine in Dublin, he's a Texans fan. Because he follows the Rockets. So he was like, oh just follow the you know same city. Yeah, I got right. my-
0: yeah. an Irish Texans fan. I didn't I haven't met yeah. me. I'm literally saying this in the office. Shout out to was- Adam. That's his I was- name. I was literally saying this, I was in the office yesterday and people are like the people support every team. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure the only team I've never met a fan of is the Texans. So whatever, whatever this guy is, you must unearth them. He's like <laughs> one of the, the few. Uh, I don't know. Maybe there's more listeners to to the show who are Texans fans, and if so, hello howdy, as you probably say in, in Texas. But I didn't know. I didn't know those. I um, thought I didn't know those existed. I I, I didn't know where to find yeah. one. He Managed to unearth the Texans fan in Dublin.
1: So he's been, so he's been a Rockets fan for a few years, and he started watching the NFL. I think one after the COVID year. And he was, you know, I was like, look, next last draft, this is the year you need to watch it now. Like, Texas is going to make some moves. He's been saying to me about C.J. Stroud all year, and I feel like I've been a horrible friend because last night he said to me, who's going to win and how would you compare the teams? And I said, well, the Browns defensively is kind of like Inter Milan-Mourinho, and the Texans are kind of like Newcastle last season, you know, like... There's been a few changes there's a few new players, but, you know, they they feel good. They're doing well. And he was like, well, when you say it like that, we're going to lose. I was like, well, yeah, the Browns defense is really good. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, you know, like Miles Garrett could win defensive player of the year. Um, yeah, I and I don't know if because I spoke about CJ Stroud so much all year. Like you said, we spoke about him maybe being MVP because he rightfully was in that conversation um, at one point before his injury. I just don't know if I'm trying to convince myself by saying, is my heart saying Houston that really the Browns seem to have found something at the right time? Like, so I don't think anyone wants to play them. And I mean, we all remember that Joe Flacco Super Bowl run in 2012, where like, he, I think he's the only quarterback other than Joe Montana to not throw an interception on a Super Bowl winning postseason run. Um, you know, they were on fire that year, beat the Niners in the Super Bowl. And I'm pretty sure there's teams right now like, are great. Old man Joe's turned up and he knows how to read the defense. Whereas the last three Browns quarterbacks couldn't do that. And we know their defense has won the best in the league. Um, so, yeah, another one where I might change my mind throughout the week, but I just feel that logic dictates that the Browns might get this done on the road.